tops off. There's a lot of ideas. sound better right yep yeah what's that i don't know that sucks but like listening to that on live on my phone and man that the god the quality of these yeah i gotta find another setup that's horrible playing this wu-tang clan pink floyd mashup and it should sound awesome Sounds like garbled. Oh, really? On uh, when you're listening live? Yeah. Sound good now? To you? I mean, it sounds fine. Alright. Yeah. Oh man, so disheartened by that glitch there. And if you remember, I did it twice. I did it before COVID and then handed off something where the stock market was higher than just prior to COVID coming in. And we did it twice and we will do it again, but this time we'll do it bigger, stronger, better than anybody can even imagine. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Let's just roll into this episode 27. On the slow griff, no intro. We got to work that out. We're here. We're here. We doing it. We doing so, it. Uh, yeah, we're <clears throat> a week after. It's well, it's election week now, as we're we're now being. It's now being normalized that 
um, you know, taking a week or a month or however long we need to, to count the vote is totally fine. I mean, that's just, that's just the new normal. You cannot question any part of that. And uh, just shut up. Katie Hobbs is totally a legitimate candidate. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. What? Okay. I'm not, I'm not from Arizona. I live in Colorado, although we are, we are fairly close to that state, but um for some reason and like i i liked carrie lake i thought she was uh pretty bombastic but she was entertaining you know she's like a female desantis um or trump or whatever but katie hobbs is just like she's like the most annoying person i I could ever imagine having to be my governor she's just she's so weak it's just pathetic like I don't know how any, <laughs> but just as a well, what? Why is that? I just feel like that's a walking advertisement to vote for. <laughs> what to vote for, Katie Hobbs? Yeah, aren't we going along the uh, <sighs> voting out of empathy? Yeah, I mean, apparently, um, with Fetterman winning, you don't even need to put up anybody that's um, has uh, you know an IQ of. I mean, I know he he went through a lot with having a stroke, but you know, who needs to eat vegetables when you can vote for him? You know, it's just it's terrible. Like, I think this election showed that candidates don't matter. You don't no. need to do you don't need to do anything. All you need Literal, is yeah. I mean, Katie Hobbs ran a Joe Biden from the basement campaign, mm-hmm. uh, almost rival rivaling. I mean, at least Joe Biden debated. Katie Hobbs ran into a bathroom when a reporter tried to ask her some questions and hid, hid in the bathroom. Never debated yeah. Carrie Lake. Yeah, I don't know wow. if you saw that video from. Um, I did. Yeah, Veritas, but it was just that. It's like this, she's so weak. How really is that where Arizona's at? I mean, are there were there enough McCain supporting Republicans who were like, I'm voting for Katie Hobbs because Carrie Lake talks shit about McCain. Is that what happened? I just, I don't believe Yeah, it. it's just a stateful McCain loyalist out there from beyond the grave. Like, yeah, it, it, it's mind boggling. It's that coupled with, you can't just point this out to people that are, you know, on the, the vote blue, no matter who, literally. <laughs> I, of things uh because then you know they're just spoon fed the whole like election denier retort which is i mean come on dude election denying like the whole like etymology of that word is just you're denying the elections even exist no <laughs> i love that yeah it's such a it's such a like a double speak or whatever maybe i'm using that wrong who knows if anybody ever listens to this podcast, I'll be like, that guy's fucking doesn't know what he's talking about. But you get what I'm saying. It's just a it's a mind fuck. Yeah, it's the same as uh we're, we're voting for we're like democracy is on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what does that mean? What is democracy? And here I am thinking, isn't democracy the ballot? Like yeah. the ballot is democracy, not what is on the wait, can I vote for democracy or um theocracy or is there is there another option that we could change no there's and of course you know 
what what are they saying? It's a threat to it's all these euphemisms and words that I, I think it's whether it's double think, it's definitely Orwellian because it doesn't it doesn't have a concrete definition of what they're talking about. Similar it reminds me of when you know Bush was invading Iraq and they're saying uh we're gonna spread democracy. Like since when do you right. spread democracy by invading a country? Like this this doesn't make any that much sense to me, I guess. I <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of a it's although this situation is even more of a reach in some ways because what um what exactly are they talking about? I mean, when we invaded Iraq, we at least were installing his puppet regime and they're quote unquote how gonna vote now. Like that that actually was somewhat coherent, even if it was total bullshit. Mm. But with this, it's like what what has anyone heard anything from Republicans about we're going to get rid of democracy. I mean, it's just so absurd that I, I don't even it's not even worth responding to if you hear somebody say that. But you kind of yeah. have to because these fucking people are still voting. So oh, for sure. For sure. I don't know. It, it's yeah, the big the big the big um, I don't know. MAGA narrative, though, is is, is equally as, as ridiculous that they just Although I guess I could believe it if you wanted me to, but that that though the narrative goes like as such, you know, they they cheated in 2018, they <laughs> ramped it up for 2020, and then they just balls to the wall in 2022, and it's like okay, I mean, it makes you think like Michigan. Okay, did Michigan? They're just so clever here in Michigan. They're committing election fraud, but they did it so well that nobody really even notices. They just accept the fact that everything flipped blue, and which was really interesting in the attorney general race in Michigan was like not such a blowout. Like none of them were really big blowouts, but the attorney general ran on a platform. The Democratic candidate, Nestle, ran on the fact that her opponent was under indictment and I believe she got 52%. He got 48, which was to me, if he was like under indictment for God, what was he? Something he's the only one that did like an actual audit of the machines in Andrum County, which is up there, Traverse City area. And he was just like this ultra crazy mega mega, you know, thing. And that was her whole spiel on him. Um, that is odd. See, that's in that's kind of incoherent. Then why would why would he get a close? Because you know, looking at those three races in Michigan, he would seem to be the one that would get the blown, get blown, blown out. out the most. Yeah, but if he was the most MAGA of them all, although I, I guess the Secretary of State uh, lady seemed pretty um, ultra MAGA too. But uh, you know, he was. Yeah, I mean, if he's under indictment, what? So why are the moderates going to vote for Gretchen, but not, f but for him? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, she got fifty three percent of the vote. He got forty four. Oh, okay. So, so that was similar. Yeah. So then you have you have ninety seven point seven plus ninety eight point four. Okay. Yeah. Joseph McHugh, Libertarian, got 1%. But then the, they're still saying 95% of votes are in. So the votes aren't even all in. 
<laughs> That's uh, especially in uh, Arizona where um, that race is super close, and it just pisses me off. The media, NBC News, calls it for like that, which happened during um, 2020, where the media just was like, "All right, we're just gonna call it." Like, yay, reality has been decided. Like, I mean, yeah, but has it though? <laughs> 67% of votes counting. Yeah. What does that even mean anymore to count votes? I don't know. I just, <laughs> it's the elections are a mess. It's a disaster. I mean, yeah, especially if I was in Arizona, I would be beside myself. And you got another Bill Gates just fucking shit up. I mean, come on. We can't get it as the different Bill Gates. I think he's the, was he the clerk of Maricopa or something? Oh. Yeah, there's another Bill Gates fucking shit up, which is kind of, uh, just uh, it's Wait, what? part of the simulation. Yeah, uh, let me look this guy up. Bill Gates. Uh, oh, his name is Bill Gates. Yeah, his name is Bill Gates. Oh, chairman, Chairman Bill Gates is the. Uh, <laughs> he's the chairman of uh, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. Oh, okay. I have a theory about names. It's it's. I gotta flesh it out. I'm too embarrassed to talk about it now. Something like obfuscating like others' names by naming, you know, meaningless people certain things. Not that Bill Gates could ever be a name that's obfuscated in history, I don't think. But maybe yeah. one day there'll be a rock band called Bill Gates. Yeah. And, you know, 30 that years is... from now, and everybody will be like, well, the, you know, the Bill Gates that, you know, fucking bought all your farms and modified all your food. What do you mean, the rock band? Yeah. What are you talking about? That reminds me of uh, Trivium when we were looking up Trivium, like the, the Trivium, the you know grammar, logic, rhetoric. Yeah. When you Google Trivium and it's a band. Yeah, there, there's a exactly. lot of examples that's, of that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh -huh. it's, it's wild. Wow. Um, I don't think it's a grand conspiracy or anything. It's just funny how that happens. Yeah, exactly. Just, uh, people just mem remember the, the mainstream version of whatever you're talking about yeah I, overall the i mean <clears throat> the elections it's hard to even know what to make of i mean there's a lot of different narratives going around about how people rejected trump and you know that could be true i think the just my gut tells me whether there's fraud or not the biggest thing ultimately that it came down to is the ability to harvest ballots, which I don't think is necessarily fraud. It's just like you go to a college campus, have everyone fill out that you hate Trump, right? We'll vote for Katie Hobbs. We'll drop it off for you or, or just have a box there. I mean, yeah, that seems to, they've just changed the rules enough to where it favors them. And now they're able to put in people like, um, uh, Fetterman, who I don't know if you saw um, his wife post a, a screenshot of their first day in office where he's off center and it's clearly the focus is on her. And she she fucking cuts uh, in another photo. She cuts the top of his head off when they're like meeting the, the two senators of Pennsylvania with Casey or whatever. And uh, his head's cut off, which is just like. <laughs> How embarrassing so is that? Symbolic too. Oh yeah, right. Like, 
yeah, it is symbolic. It's right in your face. Funny business with God. his wife. She's probably having drinks with Huma of uh, Aberdeen for all we know. Yeah, over at Chippendales. <laughs> yes, but um, yeah. I mean, it'll be a, uh, it'll be interesting with Fetterman in there. I, I um, it will it though. I think it just goes by the wayside. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. They just virtue signal how they, you know, a vote for Fetterman is a vote for empathy and compassion. <laughs> you know, is that really what's been going around? Are people pushing that? Just wait a minute. Not, not that I've seen, but yeah. like, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, they'll 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 push it out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you. you you roll out Joe Biden as being the, like the president for unity and empathy and love wins type of shit. It's just a matter of time. They're going to mm-hmm. follow that trail until they roll off a cliff for sure. Well, you know, if we're talking about Fetterman and uh, Katie Hobbs, I thought I'd uh, start off our show today uh, with some talk of assisted suicide um, <laughs> because I think maybe uh, it's it's trending. I don't know if you've been seeing this this go around recently, but um, well, man, people used to hide those bodies when they had to do that like under federal law. what? No, okay. Uh, we're progressive society I yeah, I, I guess, man, but they're going. So, (laughs) up in Canada, they're going fucking crazy. I don't know if you've seen this, but this I saw this the other day, and I was just like, wow. I I don't really, I don't know how you defend this type of uh, policy, but let's just, uh, let's see what's going on up there. We have breaking news this morning from Pfizer, the pharmaceutical company. Oh, whoops. (laughs) That's a different kind of assistance. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) Where's your audio at on these clips? Oh, can you not hear it? Yeah, bring it all the way up. I'll turn it up. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Imagine choosing death over homelessness. That's what one St. Catherine's man is contemplating. Tonight on City News, we can see. Wait, wait. Death over homelessness? Yeah, contemplating death over homelessness. Let's just roll that back. She, okay. I love how she opens that up. All right. <laughs> Choosing death over homelessness. That's what one St. Catherine's man is contemplating. Tonight on City News, we continue oh, to one. medically assisted dying and how some believe it is their only option to living in poverty. Are you afraid to die? Who isn't? Yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, Amir Farsoud has applied for medically assisted dying, known as MAID. He lives in constant agony due to a back injury, but has started the process for Wait. his life. Medically assisted dying is mad. <laughs> uh, medically assisted... Uh... Dying is what she said. But it is it is interesting. You notice how it's M-A lowercase I-D? Yeah, like that's not how you spell assisted. Um, I I know the I stands for something. I I can't think uh, of it. All right, please. I'll look it up. Yeah. 
because his rooming house is up for sale and he can't find anywhere else to live that he can afford. He barely survives on Ontario disability support payments, which are just over $1,200 a month. He doesn't want to die, but being homeless is not an option. He doesn't want to die. <laughs> Isn't that a, is, wouldn't that be a rule out? <laughs> no. <laughs> not in Canada. <laughs> Because wow. uh, look, it's uh, if we'll keep listening here, it's it's been approved. I know in my present health condition, I would survive it anyway. Farsud meets the criteria. Medical assistance in dying, right in there. Dying, yep, yeah, yep. there's the I. Yeah. for made physical suffering due to disability that cannot. But I love how it's like it's doctor. It's made like it's uh like a cleanup job. I know, I know. It's so bad. It's it, like, oh, yes, we're going to come clean your house and, oh, take your grandpa out. Don't worry. We're, we're taking him down and he's be nice, cleaned up. And, uh, ooh, it's a two-in-one service. We'll get your inheritance going right away. <laughs> Fucking sad, dude. This is just oh. really bad. Oh. Who knows Farsud's real reason for maid is his fear of being homeless. Look at those collar tops. Is he really in poverty? Look at that backsplash. Come on. <laughs> hey, he's got exposed brick over here. Uh, it's got not a beautiful to be... stainless steel toaster oven there. Well, it's been sold, so he's got to move out. But oh. um, <laughs> so I just want to point out the doctor signed off on this. <laughs> Due to Ooh. disability that Donate. cannot be relieved. His doctor, who knows Farsud's real reason for MAID is his fear of being homeless, signed off on the application in August. Farsud needs a second to do the same. There's a 90-day waiting period. He believes he could potentially access MAID in about a month. Access. Wish to be dead. Um, even with the pain, even with the meds. Um, I still want to be here. The CEO of Dying with Dignity Canada, a charity for end-of-life rights, says the organization has raised concerns about cases like this with the federal government. The fact that people are feeling compelled to apply for MAID or to, to even ask about MAID because they can't get the basic fundamentals to live a life, is it's a shameful. You know, as a country, as a, a government, we should be oh, this And medically this, assisted dying. It's a scam. It's for a scam for UBI. <laughs> Ooh. It's gotta be like the the virtue signaling, like oh, he just can't get access to fundamentals. I, you know, I didn't consider that uh, that angle. Um, All right, it was just a shot. It was dart. I'm throwing darts. Can you see these comments here? Oh, on the video? Yeah. On uh, down below, you're saying. No, no, no! Just that I'm throwing up on the screen. Can you see? Oh that? no, I can't because when I'm sharing the screen, I'll read them to you. Yeah, Young, read them to me. Young deals first. He said, "I'm dying laughing." And he says, "The mob said you too can be a made man." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah, right. Yeah. Just, oh God. Yeah, that's good. Young deals is our only fan, dude. Hey, I'll, we'll take hey, it, man. Welcome back. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this this is something I've been seeing because uh so in Colorado we have 
uh, the we have made as well. I didn't realize they called it that. Hmm. We legalized it in 2016. I guess people just were like, well, if we're going to elect Trump, we might as well be able to kill ourselves. I don't know. But um, <laughs> but uh, literally, I, I looked it up. There's not that many people that have done it. But I, I don't know about you, but I was always... I've always kind of been in favor of like, oh, yeah, under the circumstance that somebody's in agonizing pain and, uh, you know, like that they're basically going to die. The terminal illness It's like die with dignity. Right. There's always pitched as this thing that you're giving autonomy to people who have uh, feel helpless and they're going to die anyway. I was like, yeah, why not let somebody make be able to make that decision? And in the background, there are always people that were like, that's a slippery slope. And I'm like, oh, whatever. Like this is this, you know, just like a lot of things that have come up recently where people have brought up things of being a slippery slope. And then before you know it, there's uh, drag queen story hour. Like it's like, right. wait, yeah. what What just happened? Like I, I, I was OK with gay marriage, but like, wait, what? Like, why are we? What is this about? Um, yeah, that's and right. Came out of nowhere. <laughs> it really did. I mean, it's been in the background, but it's all it's hit critical mass in the last year. Yeah. Um, but this story I, I think is one to watch because I I didn't quite realize how prevalent um assisted suicide was outside of the US um for things outside of being terminally ill. Hmm. Um it's like a Robert Heinlein novel, you just press a button yeah oh well since you mentioned that um let's just i'm gonna jump to this this little thing i found right before we uh hit the air all right now our next story is a little bit disturbing it's come from switzerland where a suicide machine believe it or not has passed legal review but this suicide machine is called sarcopod it's short for sarcophagus which basically means a coffin this pod enables people to, quote-unquote, kill themselves in a few minutes. Now, the very thought of this is a little chilling, to say the least, but in Switzerland, this device has become a trending topic. Assisted suicide has been legal in Switzerland since 1942. What? That was a fact I didn't know about. 1942? Yeah. Where's what? this guy reporting from? Ukraine? Oh, no, I think he's from India. Oh, okay. And this device is only aimed at making the process easier. But the question, of course, is, does it send the right message? Our next report gets you the details. Switzerland has done the unthinkable. It has introduced a machine for painless suicide. <laughs> yeah, right. A coffin-like device made with a 3D printer. What? It can be transported to idyllic locations. Okay. For people wanting to end their life. This news makes... Fun, uh, fun little statue they included there. I mean, it's so much more civilized than <laughs> the town ogre just eating people. <laughs> hey, is that how they did it back in the 40s? I don't know. I think so. It must have been, huh? Definitely the 30s. Yeah, see, how did they do it in the 40s? Were they just taking people out back and shooting them? Like, what? No, yeah. I mean, we, we should I look that up. Yeah. Hey, good. Even evil. But for the people of Switzerland, it isn't. Assisted suicide with unselfish motives has been legal in the country since 1942. 
with unselfish motives. That's a very suicide selfish motive. Right. That's that's what I thought. <laughs> like, uh, the, uh, if you do it for climate change, it's uh, it's totally been legal since 1942. There you go. A total of 1,300 people ended their lives through such services in 2020 alone. So the introduction of a suicide machine isn't much of a surprise. Its creator says it only aims to make the process more peaceful, allows an individual to die more quickly with minimal pain. The device has been called the sarcopod. That's short for sarcophagus, a stone coffin used in ancient Egypt. It was developed by Dr. Philip Nitschke, also known as Dr. Death due to his euthanasia activism. He says the idea behind this device was to remove any kind of psychiatric review from the process of suicide and allow individuals to control the process themselves. Uh, just so you can walk in and, hey, you just, no need to get any kind of professional review. Just give it power to the people, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just the office is conveniently <laughs> located next to the acupunctural office. <laughs> Yeah, don't confuse the two. Yeah. Hey, uh, is this button to play the to play the music before the? Oh no! <laughs> I, I just I, I I skip all these surveys. I just click. Uh, I agree. Right. Well, now you're dead, sir. That's why you read the terms of service. Oh my god! How does that work? The process is unsettling. <laughs> In order to use this machine, a person must first fill a survey to provide evidence that the decision to end their life is on their own accord. If they pass the test, the device will be shipped wherever they want. Just a survey. That's it. Well, this, this is crazy. Here's This is from the history of the Swiss law. It's uh, on the first penal code in 1918. In Quote, in modern penal law, suicide is not a crime. Aiding and abetting suicide can themselves be inspired by altruistic motives this mm. is why the project project incriminates them only so i guess they can only get in trouble only if the author probably the suicider has been moved by selfish reasons mm. and then unquote at the time the attitudes of the swiss public were shaped by suicides motivated by honor and romance which were considered to be valid motives Motives related to health were not an important concern, and the involvement of a physician was not needed. Euthanasia wow. for terminally ill patients, although intensely discussed in the United States and the United Kingdom in the 1900s, seems not to have been debated in 1918 in Switzerland. So it was like you had a broken heart, or you wanted to, uh, because you dishonored your family name? then is that yeah. what it's referring to i guess i mean it uh, God. article out of the uh ncbi dot <laughs> nlm dot nih dot gov but it's just saying the law was saying that it was a crime if the assisting suicides for altruistic reasons was okay and it does not 
it considers assisting suicide crime if and only if the motive is selfish. So this is in regards to assisting it. Hmm. So altruistic would be like, my, my heart's so broken. I don't know what to do, this and that. And the assisting person would be like, okay, let me put you out of your misery. I don't want to do it, but it sounds like you've got a broken heart. <laughs> then that's okay. okay. Yeah, it's... Um, I didn't see... This is new to me, again, that it's been this normalized outside of the U.S. for reasons that what we would think the only legitimate reason, potentially, would be if somebody's terminally ill and they're in pain and agony and they just want to end it. Um, but no, it's uh, reasons that don't have anything to do with that in some countries. Yeah, um, and this, is, this goes to your slippery slope like comment. So, in a couple surveys, majority of physicians opposed the legalization of euthanasia. Some upwards to seventy three percent. However, nineteen percent stated they would practice it if it became legal. So you're one in five. <laughs> would even practice it based on the legality. And now, you know, slippery slope on down the way, a couple decades later, we got 3D printed sarcophagus, sarcophagus, sarcopods, sarcophagy. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so not only can you, can you kill yourself because you're going to be homeless in Canada, but they're uh, changing the rules even more. Perfect. This week on City News, we've been exploring medical assistance in dying. It's also known as MAID. And one year from now, those with a diagnosed mental illness will also be able to access MAID here in Canada. Though the federal government has yet to issue clear guidelines on what is a contentious topic. So who needs to kill themselves the most? It's people who are mentally ill. The one, the one outcome that you never, you hope to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> that, ew, this is just outrageous. What are the guardrails? How can we make sure that, that this is a matter of choice, legitimate choice for people with mental illnesses? Senator Pamela Wallen was part of a joint parliamentary committee that along with a group of medical experts, was supposed to be looking at this very issue. We need to have proper rules and regulations around it. We need clarity. The committee was dissolved because of the most recent federal election. The government has yet to call them back to reconvene. Setting clear regulations is vital for patients and providers. Made legislation falls under the criminal code in Canada. If I break any of these rules, um, I would... Um, be in danger of being you know, charged with homicide and, and sent to jail. City News spoke with two MAID providers. Each have been assessing and assisting patients. Okay, I just want to pull that back. Um, yeah. So now that, you know, now that you know that <laughs> that, that uh, doctor that was just on screen, uh, this lady, she helps people, um, she helps people commit suicide. And just... I want to point out the kind of duper delight kind of oh, <laughs> look man. on her face. Yeah. This is a little creepy. 
break any of these rules, um, I would <laughs> um, be in danger of being you know, charged with homicide and, and sent to jail. City News spoke with two maid providers. Uh, Each have been assessing creepy. and assisting uh. patients in doctor-assisted deaths since it first became law in 2016. How would you go about assessing someone who's applying for MAID who has a mental illness as their sole condition? There is certainly disagreement uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the health practitioner community about whether they can ever be cured, whether they can ever, whether, whether we could ever say that they can't be cured, whether there's always something else to try, whether someone has given enough effort over enough time to decide whether that's true or not. Dr. Stephanie Green is releasing this book next month titled, This is Assisted Dying. While she is quick to point out the challenges with providing made to patients with a mental health diagnosis, she supports the practice. If the law of the land necessitates that we don't discriminate against people based on their mental health diagnosis, then the real conversation needs to be around how we can um, provide this care in a safe manner, recognizing the uh, the significant potential vulnerabilities in this, in this patient population. We need to approach this carefully and cautiously. We're creating the perfect... So uh, she uh, used the word discrimination yeah. for why we can't allow people with mental illness to kill themselves. It would be intolerant. Yes. It's, you got to be inclusive. That's what she's saying. When we invite everyone into the, the gas chamber tent. I mean, the uh, the sarcopod of, of love. Of love and compassion. Just, we, gotta put a, we gotta have that rainbow flag sarcopod. Am I right? Come on. The altruistic death pod. Uh, and then this is the glasses. I mean, you, can, you gotta stop this. Oh, what is this? These glasses? Oh, yeah. Funny. I mean, you know, she takes this activist, will use the woke language, but she's actually arguing against this policy, which I was like, you know. Surprised, but I guess uh, pleasantly surprised to hear. Not necessarily for, re uh, like, maybe these reasons are valid. I don't know. You, you can listen to her. Sure. Storm where made may seem like the only option for a lot of people. Activist Cyrus Marcus Ware believes the expanded legislation will exploit the vulnerabilities of the BIPOC. Was that a Calvin Klein commercial that she was? I'm just, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> so, let's talk about vulnerabilities of the BIPOC. <laughs> oh man the old bipop community a lot of bipoc uh, folks have mental health diagnoses there are so little supports out there uh for us to be able to have access so to little support free or accessibly priced counseling why are we so quick to push the option of death before exhausting these other resources. A Canadian trying to access MAID must be assessed by two separate medical practitioners. Dr. Ellen Weeb believes medical professionals are well prepared to assess a person with a diagnosed mental illness. It's pretty clear. Does this person understand the choices, the implications, the results? Um, some don't. Mental illness, yeah. yeah, they're mentally ill. Yeah. It's pretty clear. What are you talking about? I mean, yeah, that's why they have. I, I mean, I, I know there are some people who have such crazy psychosis uh, or in such mental anguish that it's a it's a terrible existence. I'm not discounting that. But yeah. can we 
also realize this is such an insane slippery slope to be on. I mean, beyond slippery, like this is like, it's like sheets of ice and yeah, fucking Vaseline all over it. And <laughs> like, you're yeah. just, you are, you're not getting up. Uh, you're just rolling down that slope straight into hell. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And look who you're greeted with here <sighs> on the, at the, at the gates. Yeah. I mean, oh, if, if that lady's, diagnosing you you probably do want to kill yourself i, I mean sorry yeah. god it's nice of you to call her a lady oh yeah well i i shouldn't make that assumption it's very inclusive <laughs> yeah you can't be uh exclusive and uh discriminatory by not allowing people to kill themselves right this is how we've come full circle uh, but you know <clears throat> it's funny to me because as we've witnessed over the last two, three years now with what the government did and has done during COVID, why in the hell would you trust opening the door to allow any potential abuse by those people, especially in the medical field? You know, like, yeah, um, you know, this is this report came out during the trucker convoy. Hey, you get arrested. Oh, that guy was, uh, that trucker's feeling real sad because we, we took his bank account away and now he's feeling real suicidal. You know, uh, he totally, yeah, he totally wanted to kill himself. Yeah, that's, we, we signed off on it for him. Uh, ah, yeah. so you see this is like potentially just putting it out there to get rid of undesirable. Oh, 100%. 100 yeah. I mean, the guy, the guy in the previous support is like, I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Again, how is how is that a number one not a rule out? I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this guy said he doesn't want to die, but you know, it, he's he's wants he it still wants. This could be just the mental illness talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in these tight budget times when we got to send billions of dollars to Ukraine, uh, we just we we got to find the money somewhere, and that means uh, allowing our citizens to kill themselves. I mean, I, I don't know how Canadians, for the most part, not, not all of them, but there's just this nice, polite society that allows for this quiet type of uh, tyranny. Man. Yeah. Horrors. What it is. Yeah. Tyranny and horrors. Beyond your comprehension. It's just like. Wow. I mean, you know. This is going to allow so open the door to so many like um, <clears throat> Epstein didn't kill himself. No, he, no, he did kill himself. He chose to do it. Don't worry. It's yeah. just anyone you want. I mean, that's God forbid. And if you're mentally incapacitated, a ward of the state. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I have a, I want to. I'm going to just find this out. I'm going to search. I didn't um, look this up beforehand, but um, let me see if I can get this. uh, Made undercover. You know, the doctor came here. My mom made a, a date to do MAID. Uh, I'm not sure if I talked about that in the previous podcast or not, but she made a date to do that. 
and it was July 26th, which has passed. And we all gather around her on this swing bed that she has outside. It's kind of this bed on ropes that, you know, it's really nice and kind of, you can like move around on it. Uh, I don't think this is the right clip. I'm just going to. Well, though, man, that guy's story needs to be told. <laughs> uh, where is it? Picking a date. Imagine that. Picking a date. Picking a date? Oh. Yeah. Ugh. Deciding to die. Um, there was. I don't think I'm going to be able to find it, but there was a clip of a guy <clears throat> who was suffering from a condition and was in the hospital. And there's an underco undercover clip of him talking to a doctor who's repeatedly suggesting he use made over and over. And he's like, I don't know. And they're so they're clearly trying to use this as uh, a way to, I mean, cut the budget. Which, if you're in a fully um, government-run healthcare system, that's that's one of the downsides. If you open the door to this, it's definitely possible that it's going to be abused. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's just I don't don't know who thinks this is a good idea. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I don't think many people do. They probably are. Just everyone's just so numb to everything now. It's just like, oh yeah, what are they? What happened? Oh, there's. Uh, yeah, I would love the option. God forbid <laughs> that I get into a place where I need to die. I mean, yeah, suicide. Didn't mm -hmm. they used to be for honor? That yeah. was like the only acceptable honor and dignity. Yeah, that doesn't seem like that just seems like, well, I got no other. This is basically I'm just totally fucked. So I might as well just kill myself. Like, that doesn't seem like dignity. No. Especially when the guy says, I don't, I don't want to die. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, I, yeah, it boggles the mind. Uh, but something that the, uh, What's the guy's name now? Uh, he's the Canadian lawyer. Uh, Viva Fry? V yeah, Viva Fry. He pointed out action uh, T4 from uh, the Nazis, which apparently this is where they were. Um, they were euthanizing people who had disabilities mm. prior to the full-on Holocaust, but that's kind of how it started hmm. um prepping them up and uh the ways of being this <clears throat> this clip just kind of there's just a section i wanted to play just off of what what we've been talking about um and she's just discussing it a little bit and thinking that produced something like turn it up t4 program are remarkably complex entangled and both logically and emotionally difficult to sort through the logic of the arguments that engendered t4 is an exercise in the understanding of and yet to the gross abuse of a thing called logic it is also and always intense emotional and intricate 
emotional work. I never know how, but I must begin. I must tell the stories, logical, illogical, ethical, unethical, emotional, and impassive, about Axion T4. This blog is an exploration into the Nazis Action T4 program through a physical, real-time, archival, textual, emotional, and ethical grappling with the materials I have gathered over a 10-year period. At its heart, this blog is based on two actual field trips I took to T4 Euthanasia Program Memorial Sites and the Psychiatric Killing Center in 2004 and 2013, respectively. My goal is to excavate, educate, and provide further commentary on the who, what, where, when, why, and how of the Action T4 program. I just wanted to point out how um, it happened in uh, psychiatric centers, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and how it can be, and I'm sure it was pitched obviously to the Germans as being beneficial for society maybe inclusive i don't know what language was being thrown around then mm -hmm. but wow it, it's not <clears throat> it's never when the whole kevorkian thing was get going on in the 90s you know mm -hmm. we're from michigan we're f very familiar with this whole conversation yeah i never considered these ideas i never thought um you know and i went to a catholic school and it, most of most people around me were kind of opposed to euthanasia and I was always on the other side, like, well, uh, for the arguments I've stated, like, Oh, I, I think people should have the ability to, to end their life. Like uh, it's, I, I never thought of the slippery slope of it. And now that you see when the government is in charge of all healthcare services, or um, you just have that incentive or there's this, this the ability to allow sarcopods just being delivered. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's some problems there that should be very, um, carefully watched and not th just thrown to the wayside. Yeah. I think you, you nailed it when it's, when it's government run healthcare system, you know, they're just looking at all sorts of, and accepting all sorts of different ways to just kind of keep that like add-ons. They're just looking for add-ons. Mm -hmm. you know different techniques different technologies different reasons to do procedures i forget what she said about logic there but i liked it it was just um i don't know if you can back up she just had the words on the screen but oh it's the subtitles um just something about the twisting the logic like following the logical path but <clears throat> right yeah there's a well there's a logic to um i mean there's a logic to any type of genocide in a way there's yeah a logic to, uh, to everything yeah we've come you know? to like mistakenly see the word logic as being something positive right exactly yeah much in the same way that we could say the Say the same about the word inclusive. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, just how those words are used. It's just like um, everything seems to be flipped on its head and inverted to a point where 
were discussing um, not having people being able to kill themselves as being as being discrimination. Yeah. Um, but that's it. It is interesting when you throw out logic in most other forms of modern life, which a lot of postmodernism has confused society in ways that there's not a lot of consistency to people's arguments or their version of reality. And if you compartmentalize issues such as this, and then you just throw out words of discrimination or inclusiveness or whatever, then the compelling argument can be made to a lot of people that, Oh yeah, that's yeah. We should, we shouldn't um, prevent, you know, people with mental illness from killing themselves. That's that'd be, that'd be bad. So it'd be discriminating, <laughs> which I would think that you would want to be discriminating if you're talking about assisting people in their own death. Yeah. You'd want yeah. to be as discriminating as possible. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, so we'll just have to keep monitoring that issue because, uh, it's, <laughs> I mean, there's another, there's a, another clip I could play about it if you want to. Yeah. As grim as it is. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, it beats, it beats talking about the midterms. Am I right? Yeah. It does. <laughs> All right, euthanasia is still rare in the United States, but it's increasingly common in Europe. Tucker Carlson recently sat down with attorney Robert Clark to discuss the state of assisted suicide in the old heart of Western civilization. Mr. Clark, thanks for joining us. You represent Tom Mortier. Uh, explain to an American audience not familiar, as familiar with euthanasia as practiced in Europe, his experience with European euthanasia laws. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tom Mortier is a man who lives in Belgium, and he found out that his 64-year-old mother, who was physically healthy, she, she had no physical condition, she, he found out that she'd been euthanized the day after it happened when the hospital phoned up his wife to ask them to come in and make the necessary arrangements. This isn't the day before it happened. It's not the day it happened, but the day after he gets this phone call to ask him to come and make the necessary arrangements. Who does that? Calls and asks to make the necessary arrangements. No, who doesn't tell who? <clears throat> if you're about to kill somebody's yeah. mom, first of all, and the mom is was she incapacitated to a point where she couldn't call her son to say I'm doing it? And if you're in that state, you isn't there a legal guardianship? Like, do the right, docs right. like what's going on there? Well, they're you in know? Belgium, so probably not. I guess what yeah. is they are they wards of the state when they're in the hospital what's i, I think I, in Belgium they're just wards of the state about period yeah <laughs> oh, lord seems like it well <laughs> helps but, balance the budget you know no, i guess what you're saying though like not only that but they're calling the only phone call they make is hey come pick up your dead mother yeah. Yeah. God forbid you say goodbye to the woman that birthed you. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sad. And what was his response to this? 
Well, he, as you can imagine, like like any son, was devastated. I mean, this is a man who um, hadn't really given a huge amount of thought to the euthanasia laws that are in force in Belgium before this happened. Uh, and his experience through all of this has turned him into someone who is willing to stand up in the difficult environment that it is in Belgium and say something is very, very wrong here when we decide that instead of caring for our sick, instead of caring for the vulnerable people that we have in society, we're going to offer death to them. How common is it in Europe? It's getting more common, and this is one of the frightening things. So I know there are some U.S. states that are considering this, and I just encourage them to look at the experience in Europe. So we've got a couple of countries. Um, let's take Belgium as an example. And right. whenever euthanasia has been legalized, we've seen two things happen. So the first thing is we see the number of cases going up every single year. And so the cases started relatively low in Belgium until we've now reached the point where, according to the official government statistics, more than five people per day are euthanized in Belgium. And so these stories that you hear, the arguments that you hear that say, well, this is an exceptional thing, this is a rare thing, it's not true. And that's the first big problem that we see, that wherever euthanasia is legalized, that the numbers go up. I just want to point out the word rare that we've been uh, hearing over the last few years regarding the, the old jabby, jabby jabs. There's the one. Rare. Rare. Oh, it's rare. Oh, it's it's rare. There's not that uh, many people killing themselves. Yeah. Oh, it, it, the heart inflammation. It's rare. It's very rare. Yeah. It's, it's just, rare. just just such a gaslight. It's a one-off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Useful. Move forward. Yeah. Uh, and then secondly, the categories of people that can access euthanasia start to expand. People start to kind of push on the edges. Um, those that originally said, well, this is going to be really, really rare, um, start pushing out. So again, let's go back to Belgium and see what, what actually has happened. So 2014, Belgium extended its law to allow child euthanasia. So there is no lower age limit in Belgium at all. A child, um, as long as they understand uh, whatever that means, that what's happening to them, can choose to be euthanized. And then most recently, I saw a proposal in the Netherlands for people who are just tired of life. So no physical condition, no mental condition, um, just people who are tired of life. And so this is... I, I guess they're further along than Canada over there. Yeah. Like... Tired of life. Yeah. What's really sinister here, because you see a law that people argue for as an exception, but that is never what it becomes. And you can see that pattern wherever euthanasia has been legalized. So a particularly sinister element of this is the is the economic part of it. So it's obviously much cheaper to kill people than to treatment treat them either for their diseases or their depression. So isn't there a built in incentive on the part of the state that is providing health care to, to do this because it, of the cost savings? Well, absolutely. I mean, you and I both come from uh, places that have a, an aging population. People are, are getting older. Uh, and, and a very, very real concern is, is this so-called right to die that people talk about that, that, that doesn't exist in international law. This right to die actually very quickly becomes a duty to die. And so you've got vulnerable people, people that we should be caring for, 
um, who are going to start to feel maybe an implicit pressure, maybe just they feel they're a burden in terms of money right. or a burden in terms of time, um, but maybe then explicit pressure as well. Um, so cases where people uh, have been told that they're a burden, that maybe their family members can't help them anymore, can't sustain them um, in their caring requirements. And so, yeah, there's a very, very real concern here that once you start to crack that door open, that it leads to vulnerable people um, feeling very, very real pressure. Have health insurers taken a position on this? Have they admitted that they're for it? So, I mean, the, the, the system of, of, of medicine is, is a little bit different in, in, in most European countries. Yes. But certainly, if you look, for example, in the UK at some of the groups that have been involved in this discussion. So the UK Parliament very recently um, debated this issue um, and overwhelmingly rejected a bill that would have legalized um, assisted suicide, as they called it, in the United Kingdom. And every major, for example, disability rights group was against that bill because they recognized the burden and the right. Threat that that's going to place on some of their members, people who are vulnerable, people who are um, elderly. And then take, for example, the doctors. And um, the World Medical Association has consistently said that euthanasia is inherently unethical. It's not something that should be promoted because governments have an obligation to protect life, not to promote or to assist in, in death. And yet that's exactly what we're seeing happening of in these European countries. And we're going to see more of it as the costs go up. Thank you very much. Wow. Yeah, I think it's something that, uh, especially as the climate stuff becomes more uh, I mean, it's already such a huge discussion going on in society and, you know, what to do with the environment. And, uh, you know, you always <clears throat> you see these uh, articles about, um, you know, we should have less children for the environment. And mm -hmm. I think, them, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like and then also you should uh, who is it? Uh, Obama's like medical advisor who said, Oh, we should all die at 72. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Who was that guy? That oh, Ezekiel uh, Emmanuel or whatever, Rahm yeah. Emanuel's brother, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and so, yeah, I think this is, especially if they're coming out with that pod, man, you put yourself in the metaverse and. <laughs> Hey man, I thought this was a new VR game. Well, yeah. uh, sure, yeah, <laughs> it's a game. All right, and you lost. Oh my um, god, that's nefarious. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I think you're right, especially if they're pushing that doom and gloom. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to promote it for those uh, those people throwing paint on paintings. Or whatever the hell they're throwing tomato juice to just stop oil people, but uh, yeah, they're going to be prime candidates for those pods. I tell you what, yeah, they'll be the champions of it. Hey, I mean, How compassionate. This is. Maybe that's they're just going to annoy people to the point where it's going to normalize. Like, yeah, you know what? Maybe we should let those people, you know, get in the pod. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's will be a whole section of society that'll be like, yeah, just get rid of them, you know. Most yeah. people probably want to do it themselves, you know. So they're like, "Well, I don't have to murder them." So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd, I'm surprised people haven't gotten violence with the people uh, blocking traffic and shit. But 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to switch gears a little bit with, uh, this is another topic that, uh, is making the rounds and is pretty annoying because uh, it's, here we it's go. the triple demic. I had the RSV, I believe. Oh, you did. I don't know. That's something flew. recently. Yeah. Last okay. Week. Yeah. Are you? Do you survive? You You did okay. You're. You're. I'm here. I think. Yeah. <clears throat> you're just, you I, jumped, I might have jumped in one of those pods and then. No. <laughs> the afterlife same as the regular life yeah that's what uh whitmer's gonna do in her next term is uh get a bunch of those pods for the rsv patients yeah good accidentally put them in the nursing homes oh Oh, no whoops yeah so um actually a client of mine had uh she had to cancel like a consultation she's like yeah i got rsv and i was like sweet did they so they tested you, <laughs> came up positive for RSV, and she's like, "No, I took a COVID test and it came back negative." <laughs> That's just what they told me I had. And then they said, "Oh, here's some medication, and if you take it, it'll, you know, you'll get better in a few days." And me, I just pumped some vitamin C, probably a little too much E and A, and. I did actually take some NyQuil. It was it was bad enough, but I was just like, I'll do some NyQuil. And I don't know. It took forever. It cleared up in like two or three days. So. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> you know, that's, your case was rare because clearly. Yes, thank you. Um, this is a serious, very serious um Way more serious than World War Three, and we should talk about it a lot more. Still? Emergency alarm bells ringing after the first death of a child. From- I always yeah. want to point out how he ta- he starts the the newscast off. Just uh, I'll, I'll play that. Again. Very very festive. Yeah. <laughs> alarm bells ring. RSV emergency right there. Ringing after the first death of a child. Alarm bells ringing. Rapidly spreading virus here in Rapidly spreading. With hospitals already straining under the weight of a surge in flu cases. What do parents need to know to keep their kids safe? Safe. Eyewitness News reporter Amy Powell joining us live tonight outside Children's Hospital Los Angeles with important information every parent should know. And both of our scripts have been written by Pfizer. Okay. (laughs) Amy. And Mark, doctors say most kids with RSV do not end up in the hospital. And why is it an emergency? <laughs> I don't know, Mark. It's a good question. Also, I see this is a trend that I've picked up on for COVID, monkeypox, RSV, every everything. They always they start out by saying like, well, they come in, they come in hot with the RSV yeah. surge, blah blah blah, oh my God. and it's then crazy. hey, let's get clarification. Oh, RSV is generally not you know not going to lead to hospitalization. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, okay, so I shouldn't be. It, I feel like it's this thing where they're trying to confuse people. It's like the, almost that double think mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, you're supposed to calm down. It's okay. Uh, well, well, first off, fear, fear, fear. Calm down. It's okay. Actually, this is very fearful. Fear, fear, fear. Become afraid. Wait. But you said it was rare. And then uh, what What should I do? You just become confused. 
similar to Fauci, don't mask, mask, two masks, none, it works, transmission, mm-hmm. just just yeah. shut up and listen to me. I think it just breaks people down to where they can't think anymore. And it's it's such a pattern that I see it in all news reports now. It's just yeah, it's, it's called so attrition. It's a wartime tactic. No. Just, just keep pounding them. Mm. Give up and jump in the pod. Cody, <laughs> man, I'm with you on this. Yeah, we got to get a family pod, yeah. a, four, a four pod. Yeah, <laughs> they could never agree on the date. That's uh. on, on their tombstone. Are we are we dead yet? <laughs> oh boy. But the problem right now is RSV is surging. Flu cases are exploding and COVID-19 exploding, <laughs> surging, surging and exploding. I want to know what like a flu case looks like exploding. <laughs> this is just amazing. Like, yeah, they're really bumping up the, that's just so sad. Yeah. It's out of here. Did it increase during the winter months? COVID's just an increase. As the holidays approach, doctors are worried about a spike in cases of oh, the... Let's show a picture of little kids. <laughs> babies get the heartstrings. Uh, RSV. Playing, warm them up, wax them up. Usually early arrival of flu season. California reporting the state's first death in a child oh, under oh, age baby. five who had oh, both baby. RSV and flu. Public oh, health... We already showed the shot, but that's okay. The first death announces first death you know there's been deaths before i'm pretty sure right but not not that it was intentional but i like the lightning bolt in the hair design (laughs) for for my people out there to know what the lightning bolt is anyway officials say the tragedy serves as a reminder that viruses can be deadly you know alarming what viruses can be what a reminder in case you forgot <laughs> Monkeypox didn't work, so here we are. We have to be calm and educated and just make sure everyone gets taken care of. RSV can be dangerous to infants and young children. Cases are rising nationwide, overwhelming some oh. hospitals. Generally, anytime any viral season starts early, we tend to get hit pretty hard. Um, we're also having influenza and we're seeing rising COVID rates as well. Guidance has been issued to health facilities across California, advising them to prepare for an anticipated further surge of hospitalizations from winter viruses. I think it's a combination of these viruses are coming back. Um, We're not masking. And honestly, it's getting harder for parents to keep kids out of school. Children's Hospital Los Angeles. They're coming back? They're coming back. Well, she talks out of the side of her mouth. I mean, yeah. what else do you want? Yeah, well, there was, yes, they were hibernating. The viruses were, were sleeping underneath the bears, and the bears are more active this year, so they're back. It's a new season. We're yeah. back. Those America's got viruses. Images they, they put on this television. Oh, God, babies. You, and for... Just innocent uh, dupes who have children. I- I'm sure this shit works. It's, it's it works on me. I mean, as far as emotional reaction, I know. Yeah, I'm sure. <sighs> Says it is seeing a surge of RSV cases, releasing a statement saying 
This increase in RSV and other respiratory illnesses have stretched our capacity in the emergency department. Also note the butterfly symbology. What's that? The butterfly symbology here mm. as well. Little yeah, where's the um, MK? Somewhere over the rainbow theme song when you need it, huh? Yeah. Project Monarch. Anyway. ED over here, erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Inpatient has the admissions from our emergency department at this time. Doctors say RSV symptoms to watch for in children include difficulty breathing. Hold on, hold on. And they're also dehydration, difficulty breathing. There's only two. I thought we were going to get a list. We can guess. Are vaccinated against viruses. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Don't you love that? Make sure kids are vaccinated against RSV? No, viruses. No, viruses. Just, just viruses. Just yeah. viruses. Let's see. Which ones are there here? Chicken oh, pox, hepatitis A, hepatitis B, HIV, HPV, influenza, meningitis A, meningitis B, pneumococcal polio rotavirus etap tdap not just dtap but then we got a tdap tap 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 mmr there you go uh that's not enough um so uh 26 more i think here's here's my uh prediction well, let me just play this because oh, would you, what what would you what would you know? Pfizer got got us the cure. Mm -hmm. This data from its trials for a potential maternal vaccine against the common respiratory virus RSV. That's a vaccine given during pregnancy. Jab them in the belly. Eighty-one percent effective against severe illness in the first ninety days of a newborn's life. I love that. Now it's just all we have to do. We set the bar so low with yeah. the COVID stuff that uh it's just severe illness now infection preventing infection you don't care about that it's just hospitalization now oh i missed that that's what they said it's just this yeah i'll, take, I'll run it back effective and severe illness yeah yeah they don't they don't put that up it's there but it, it kind of floats underneath 81 percent effective against severe illness in the first 90 days of a newborn's life that number then drops to about 69 percent during the first six months of a child's life pfizer says the vaccines also pose no safety concerns during these trials and have plans to submit the first regulatory application by the end of the year if approved it would be the first maternal vaccine on the market let's bring in nbc news which uh, wait a second i don't think that's true is it i'm confused i mean yeah, i Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, just I under my understanding, uh, they offer. I think they offer pregnant women the flu shot. Yes. And also, uh, one of one of the other ones, like D DDAP or TDAP, one of those they offer to pregnant women, right? Uh, you're asking the wrong dude. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's like the diphtheria one. I'm not. Not 100%, but I do know that pregnant women get the flu shot all the time. So it, it's strange that, I don't know, it's for <clears throat> it's for the baby instead of being for the mother. I don't know, but yeah. they, 
who knows? I mean, they already give the COVID shot to pregnant women, so how is that not maternal, right? Yeah, it's just not on the market. Legally, Legally. or uh, officially. Yeah. As that, I guess, yeah. What were you going to say? Shit, I forget. I just saw my mind's blown how this nobody can see. <laughs> this is just like too coincidental. I never even heard of RSP. Uh-huh. Until I heard, I heard actually that Pfizer had a new vaccine before I heard all this RSV junk. So it's just like, man, people, come on. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's hear what they have to say about uh, this magical product. Medical sure. contributor Dr. Kavita Patel to help walk us through this breaking news. Walk Dr. me through Good it. To have you with us. I mean, how much of a game changer could this? It's a game be changer. Talking so much about RSV and how is this vaccine able to help babies really from the moment that it's they're NBC pillow over there. <laughs> yeah good catch on that what uh what who does that she's a company lady yeah joe this is a huge game changer we do not game changer game changer hey is this a game changer this is a huge game changer yeah not have a, a vaccine for RSV for anybody, including infants. And it's incredibly important to administer it early, which is why this vaccine is administered during pregnancy, so that there's time for the mother to develop antibodies that can be passed on to the infant so that it can be the most effective the moment the baby is born. Mm. And that's because we see RSV severely affecting infants in that zero to kind of 12 month time frame, Joe. It also affects older adults, and, and Pfizer has had a readout on that same vaccine for older adults. So this is good news all around, but especially have for a bigger market. young children as we're filling up pediatric hospitals around we're the country up. right now. Yeah, doctor, I mean, remind us of how serious of an illness RSV can be for babies. What happens inside the respiratory system, and why are newborns so vulnerable? Yeah. yeah, so this can be a very mild cold in many people. And it... <sighs> There it is again. So yeah. explain to us why this is so severe. Yeah, this could be a really mild cold. In most. Uh, yeah. Excuse me? In most people, yeah. Yeah. In fact, the majority of RSV cases we see are nothing more than what feels like a nuisance show. <sighs> okay. Oh. Doesn't seem like an emergency to me. It's so not pod worthy. It's not what? It's not like sarcophagus worthy. <laughs> it's just a nuisance. But for for a rare but uh, important, I don't know, whatever. Last for many days, but in younger children and especially older adults, we can see it attack the very small airways. So at the tippy tippy ends of the lungs, and it can cause tippy, an inflammation tippy. that's tippy. also called bronchiolitis, and it's a very common inflammation in RSV infections that land babies in the hospital especially if you have chronic conditions. And again, remember, this is something that you can't just take care of at home. So you do need to oh, bring the baby. Scott, you couldn't, you, you can't take care of it at home, right? Uh, no, you can't take care of it. Just wait it out. No, no. Even us, even for most, for most people, it's a mild nuisance. Can't take care of it at home into the hospital where they often need assistance to help them breathe. This can also put them at risk for other diseases down the line. So we can prevent this. This is just a huge game changer. On average, we can see over 60,000 hospitalizations just in younger children alone. 
combine that with older adults, we're talking hundreds of thousands of hospitalizations we might be able to prevent. That's a huge number right there. And doctor, uh, yeah. the company here is Pfizer. <laughs> we know Pfizer has been at the forefront of creating the COVID vaccine series from those initial two doses <laughs> to the boosters. Yeah. Has yeah. the technology used in that vaccine played any role in this one here? Not necessarily the technology, but the insights. And just to mm. build, we, this has been research that was first developed and helped funded by the NIH. So you see some themes here, right? We have a public investment. Oh, they're getting they're getting some kickbacks. That's what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. The private sector partners with the public investment and then really helps it to take off. What is common about the COVID and RSV vaccines is that these are both vaccines that use a bivalent, the booster, which uses two types of COVID strains, and the RSV vaccine, also bivalent, using two subunits of the RSV vaccine. Both vaccines are different technologies, but develop antibodies against a protein that helps the RSV virus attach into the body and cause an infection just like with the COVID vaccine, helping to develop antibodies against that spike protein to prevent it from attaching. So a lot that we can learn on and lean on and a lot that we have to thank for science and research all around. Thank, thank you, science. I don't even believe she's a real doctor. <laughs> with a with an NBC pillow? Good Lord. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean they're two different technologies? What do you mean that they're just like each other? I, yeah. Uh, well, she doesn't even name the technologies. I mean, she might be a doctor, educator. She is not. Uh, I don't think it's an mRNA, but it does. Yeah, of course. Uh, the people watching NBC News, they don't, they don't need I to know anything. No, you know. But uh, it makes you produce a protein that then your body responds to. They apparently they just love having our bodies make some new proteins. Um, yeah. I don't know why. It's keto, man. Ooh, <laughs> get that keto jab. Jesus. Uh, for the sarcopod. So, <laughs> um, here's my prediction. Okay, I'm the opposite. Okay, go for it. By the end of the year, I'm going to say, <clears throat> okay, B by the end of January, I'm going to give myself a little bit more time because they said they're they're seeking approval. Mm -hmm. By the end of January, uh, there will be an RSV emergency declared. They're going to declare an emergency similar to what they did with monkeypox, which allowed them to get rid of all their... Uh, their jabs that were on the store shelves uh, just sitting there and uh yeah they're gonna roll that they don't they don't like to wait seven years ten years to roll out a new product they mm -hmm. i think this is this is the formula now they've got the formula down and they're gonna roll it out um this is the only reason i can think of because pfizer owns the media they've got all these billions and billions of dollars to spend yeah. The media doesn't give a shit. They'll they'll roll with the RSV narrative all day, and um, yeah, we're gonna have the RSV vaccine out within six months, maybe even earlier. To be honest with you, I mean it's and ready as to go. A product as a as a shelf product or just like yeah. a U EUA. Or oh, it's gonna be EUA for sure <clears throat> because it because it's an emergency. The hospitals are filling up. Um. Mm -hmm. 
which is yeah it's gonna be crazy we're just gonna have you're just gonna be giving your kid jabs that don't even have a brand name it's just so i'll just like uh it's the pfizer rsv you know it's like whatever just here's this empty uh insert that was intentionally left blank again just like the covid jab um so i think uh i think that's the the push that we're gonna those are just two things that i really wanted to focus on this week was um uh forcing or sorry uh allowing uh euthanasia and uh speeding up more jabs and maybe there's maybe there's a linkage there i don't know you can ask bill gates or whoever else but Time will tell. He's a farmer now. I don't think he has time ah. to be fielding questions. Ooh. But uh yeah, yeah. he's growing RSV or something. All right. I'll yeah. I'll say that's not gonna happen. But okay. I think if it were to happen, when do when do we see when do we look for it? I think what do, what should they let? They should let all the slaves get Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm, yeah. Not think about this, correct? What's that? They should do, at least give all the the good voting slaves like Thanksgiving and Christmas to just relax and enjoy family time before they're inundated with uh, fear. Or you know, I mean, that is a good time to get get people to really buy in again, though to to enforce new. I think you're probably right, right, and that's why I gave myself January. Yeah. Um, because you know, outside of the crazy covidians which are dwindling in numbers i don't i I, it's just if you look at the booster uptake i don't think there's there's a strong uh the church has lost a lot of members uh but they do have a lot of real estate similar to scientology they're they're still around but yeah um i think i think you might see a declaration of an emergency before the end of the year and then the jab comes out in january um because okay. I think, go yeah. ahead. So, well, just to be clear, you you are predicting a declaration of emergency. Yes, they, it has to come from Biden. He has yes. to do it because the the jab will not come out in the in the way that they want it to. Because <laughs> we don't need to go through all the trials and the the extra liability that doesn't really exist. Like, let's just get no liability whatsoever. And um, okay, and yeah, we'll be able to push that, that product. If that happens, I have a prediction that it'll be put on the schedule. Ooh. Okay. At least in California. But now I I will say New York as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hulk will be. And I don't want to say it. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx the state I live in. (laughs) But there's a higher probability of Michigan spearheading the new crazy mm-hmm. but we'll see they might just they might just settle back and rest on their chips over here and that's a whole nother episode are we really going to just manufacture electronic chips for vehicles we'll see <laughs> so yeah if it's on the schedule it would probably be next year um but who who knows i mean we we live in lawless times so yeah we don't really need to follow the old the new playbook the new normal is scare confuse 
rush it out there and get people to buy in as much as you can, get all the money and then do it yeah. all over again. Yeah. Sell so. some shit, get some new shit to sell. Yeah, I'm with you. Grim, brother. Grim. <laughs> hey, it's not, it's, uh, you know, it's just something to be aware of. Um, and, uh, good to laugh at our uh at our maids yeah the maids in charge our maids um, in waiting but uh i'm gonna keep cleaning my own house i don't know about you yeah like, <laughs> maintain maintain my garden and uh not hire any maid service anytime soon so no maids all right i'm gonna take us out with this uh wonderful dark side of the woo all right pink floyd wu-tang mashup See y'all later. It's episode 27. 27. See ya. Goddamn, I show living large niggas out of flipping death jam. And rough up the motherfucking house. Cause I'm sorry, you cold chilling motherfuckers. I still want a brother. I'm ruthless. My clan don't have to act wild. That shit is job. Then no sleeping bag profile. The soft comedian rap shit ain't the rough witty. On the real of real, it wasn't from a tough city. Niggas be gang. Thinking that they live from surgeons, they know they mics are phone the virgin. And if you ain't want the mic, you couldn't hurt a beat. That's like knowing the thing that's driving the mercury. The capital of this rugged slang is Wu-Tang. With the unpredictable talent, natural gang. I kept going and see what Mike Caitlin's the epic. Is that a Russian-associated lady from East-West to Akko. I bring it to the next plateau, but I keep it back, though. Yep, I'm hitting batters up with the wild pitch style. I even show an uptown MCA style. Thought he saw me on fourth and Broadway, but I was out on the island bombing them seats all day. My priority is that I'm first priority. I'm on the secret out of bitch in a sorority. So look out for AM, the Aaron is the master, breaking down your pendulum. And I'm feeling the seats out.